Hey, this is Denine L. Garrett, and you're tuned in to the Wellness Collective. Hey, y'all. I'm Ashley Nicole of Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker. And I'm Candy. And we are here today to, where is it? I'm so sorry, y'all. We are here today to talk about beauty and mental health. But before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button that's below and turn on your YouTube notifications so that you don't miss anything from getting my cheese back on my cracker. We have our main show. We have the state of black men's mental health. And we have this show, the Wellness Collective, to make sure that you don't miss anything we have coming. Make sure you hit that notification button. Okay. And so today we're talking about beauty and mental health and things of that nature. And a lot of people probably wouldn't put these two things in the same discussion. Do you think? You know what? I think the more we gain consciousness of what affects us and how we behave and how we feel and think about ourselves, everything is on the table. So honestly, I do think beauty and mental health literally go hand in hand. I think it's funny because when we were writing the episode, mm -hmm. I was saying your beauty story, your beauty story, your beauty story. Mm -hmm. Even when I was um, talking with my friend, one of our guests today, she was like, what is a beauty story? And I was like, have you been beautiful since you can remember? Or can you remember yeah. when you found yeah. out? Was I didn't get what you were talking about when you first said it either, but it is literally your beauty story, your evolution into what you define yourself as when you're when you say beauty so i got it i had some time to think about it too <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because even though like i've looked like this my whole life mm -hmm. i've always been too much something either too black or too fat mm -hmm. or too tall or too something mm -hmm. it wasn't until like maybe five or six years ago that i was like girl you fine i think that's a lot of us i i agree i think that 100% coming into yourself is this age thing or this maturity or experience or an acceptance thing. I don't think we all accept ourselves out the gate, you know, especially mm -hmm. if there were people telling you, verbalizing it, that you weren't it. Um, so I agree. Well, thanks for that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest. We have the lovely Mrs. Jackie Benjamin. And we have one more guest when she's having technical difficulties right now, but when she hops on, we'll introduce her as well. Hey, Jackie. Hey, what's up, ladies? Good oh, happy to have you here today. Can you tell us, do you understand? Um, I know you may have, you, I think you can hear from the backstage area what I was saying about the beauty story. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a cool concept to describe it that way. I'm like Candy, um, I didn't know what you meant, what was meant by the term when you first said it, but uh, as you explained it, it we all do have a beauty story. Can you tell us a little bit about your beauty story? My beauty story. Um uh, I didn't always feel beautiful. I do now. I I feel beautiful, but I feel like beautiful has a different definition. For me, than it was once had. I do feel like um, that beauty is more than what you see. It's also what you can feel and how you make other people feel too. So I feel like my definition of beauty has evolved. Um, but my beauty story—if I had to tell a story about it—I um, uh, would say there were pockets of people that thought I was beautiful before I did, and they—and I'm grateful that they were strong enough to um, at least I could hear them saying it. But I did hear other kids and other people and other people that I thought I'd look similar to described as ugly, described as too dark, described as tall, too tall. As a woman, being tall was not a, a feminine or beautiful feature. As a kid, you were in the back of the class because you were at size order and normally with the guys and like, why are you back here? Because all of the you know young ladies are in the front. So mm -hmm. um, I do feel like my story involves finding my beauty and having to work to find my beauty. Um, and I think I, I think I hit a good stride in, in when I was about 19 or 20, because I feel like dark skin was making like this big comeback. So <laughs> I feel like I kind of benefited from becoming a woman, coming into my adulthood, being a little less impressionable than I was before. 
um, as a younger a younger woman. Um, and then at the same time, the world was discovering, um, or at least the black culture was discovering being black as being beautiful or being dark and having value in being dark, like around that time in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's been a self-discovery and a self-search since then. So seeking, actively seeking um, my definition of beauty rather than relying on other people to define what beauty is or was for me. So, and it's a daily, it's a daily work. It's a daily effort. There are days I wake up and feel like I can't find it today. And then there are other days that I wake up and I'm like, I woke up like this, you know, like it just, it just depends. Um, But yeah, I would say that that would be the foundation of my, my beauty story, a journey, a continuous journey to redefine and unlearn some, some really harming, harming, damaging um, thoughts of what beauty is and how far I was from that spectrum, Um, Mm -hmm. discovering what beauty is to me and then identifying myself as a center of that. And then everything else comes after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Journey. It's like an up and down thing. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier to both of you. I was feeling heavy about this topic, but it really is a moment to moment thing. I took a shower, put on a nice shirt and I feel great. And I was like, oh no, I'm, I don't have a chance to put on makeup. And I put the mirror on and I put the, t- uh, you know, I put the camera on and I was like, oh my gosh, you look fine. And then I got in with Ashley, then Jackie jumped on and then Ms. Doyen jumped on. And I was like, we all look great. Like yeah. right here, right, right here. But it wasn't like that an hour ago for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is uh, up and down. So um, I double tap and appreciate that like it is it's a never ending thing it's not okay i'm here yeah it's not a destination it's a journey mm-hmm. i will definitely agree that it's not static yeah so you know some days i'm feeling myself other days i'm like girl what's going on <laughs> mm-hmm. hi joyanne it's a pleasure to meet you hi y'all i'm sorry i didn't mean to be that nigerian it's always late, but here I am. Always. <laughs> Diane, so and when you came on, we were discussing a little bit about our beauty stories. And first of all, I was telling them about our conversation about the beauty story. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yours or did you want me to kind of define beauty story for you first? Um, yeah, if you don't mind just finding. So we were saying um, to me, your beauty story is like, when did you find out, like, where, did you think you were beautiful your whole life? Or was there a point in time where you were like, girl, you find you are beautiful. Like, how did that happen? Or when did that happen? For me, it was like maybe a few years ago when it, I finally, like, it finally clicked and things that look like me look like beautiful to other people. And mm-hmm. it also started looking beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. So my beauty story starts like maybe five or 10 years ago, whereas some people's beauty stories start a long, longer time ago for them. Yeah. um, Ashley and I are both um, from Mississippi. And so being a little bit chocolate in Mississippi isn't always praised. It's not always honored. I've never felt mainstream beauty beautiful, but I will say with time, I've, I've found what my beauty is. And so my beauty isn't always how I look half yeah. the time. I love makeup, but I, I operate in extremes. I have to fully beat my face <laughs> or just look like I'm homeless. So you, you just, there, there's no middle ground. I don't know what a five minute face is. I just don't. But um, at the same time, like there's a lot of things about me, even not just my face, but like just how I am my um light i think i have a great light mm-hmm. um my love for people that i think makes me like you know how like bugs are attracted to light there's things about me that mm-hmm. i consider my beauty that makes people love me and want to be around me mm-hmm. but like you said it it took me a long time and i really felt like maybe lupita was where I really felt like mm. you can be a really chocolate girl. Yeah. People can still love you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, it took a lot for me to realize 
and define my version of beauty because it's just, it's not what mainstream is. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I still exude some some types of beauty at least. Mm -hmm. So you kind of touched you kind of touched on the next question a little bit with mentioning Lupita. Um, when you think about your beauty story, can you think of like who kind of influences it? Is there a person or a thing that kind of changes your scale of what's beautiful or what's not? Um, when I think of like, it's, it's some people here and there. So like when I think of my makeup beauty journey, Jackie Ina was the first girl that looked like me mm. who I saw putting on makeup. They like didn't flash and <laughs> like really looked good. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. she was like kind of the start of understanding, you know, there's a space out there for us. Um, like we said, Lupita. Um, the other one, she is, she's on um, Black, Orange is a New Black. And she's Nigerian and I'm losing her name. Uzo. Uzo, yes. Mm -hmm. Uzo is one of the most beautiful people to me. And I super love her because of her personality. And I think she's in my in my book, she's gorgeous. Absolutely. And so um I think growing up, not growing up, because I feel like growing up being around certain people, especially Mississippi, light is light, and that's everybody's favorite. But like being someone of the internet. And like, you know, Issa Rae and people like that, where we started to see more important people who look like us, those are the key people. I will say I met Issa Rae once <laughs> at uh, South by Southwest. And I am a faux photographer, so I'm not a big fan of flash. But we were in a dark room and I was trying to take a picture of the two of us. <laughs> and that wasn't working and that's when I realized you know sometimes you just have to have like sometimes you just have flash. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah so it was a little bit of a struggle but it worked eventually but um and uh, she's everything to me you know like Aww. like YouTube college watching her show was she was great I love her <laughs> Jackie who influences your story my mom my mom, my grandmother was very fair. My grandfather was very dark. And so they had four kids that were the rainbow, you know, different, different shades. And my mom was the darkest. And um, she had me very young and she was this very, very chocolate. My grandmother would call her her ebony baby. Very chocolate woman, um, very confident. She people thought she was tall because she wore four inch heels. She's probably yeah. about five six or five yeah. four, but people thought she was five eight, five nine because she wore heels every day, even to the grocery store. She had the strongest confidence of anybody I ever knew growing, growing up. And she was dark like me or darker than me. <laughs> um, and she never even she never even mentioned it. I like I consider myself to be kind of like a not kind of, I consider myself to be very revolutionary and Afrocentric or at least focused on understanding what it means to be African in the world or part of the diaspora. And it wasn't, it wasn't ever a, for her a race or color or being black thing. It just mm -hmm. was, I exist and I, I, and whether I deserve it or not, or have earned it or not, I am beautiful and I am I, I don't even know what to call it because because with her, it was just an aloofness. It was not even a, on purpose. She wasn't trying. She wasn't trying. She wasn't um, trying. She was just always very confident, always very confident. Um, and so, yeah, my first my first uh, dark skin mentor or inspiration is my mom. My mom. I love that. Mm hmm. That's for the chocolate, chocolate mamas in the phone and Chocolate moms in four inch heels. That was my take from that whole jeans, yeah. two top, okay. two top jeans and four inch heels. <laughs> I see it. I see it. That's so. That's so. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say my my influence would be my grandmother. Um, that was the positive person in my life, and my dad always dated pretty women, so I always like modeled myself after whatever these natural fine multicultural, like you said, rainbow, multicultural women just look like and how they carry themselves in them essence. And, and that was my thing. You know, that was before I think social media was a big, like this pull and this influence. Um, but I just remember hot 
pretty women being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to act like that. I'm going to be cute yeah. like that. I'm going to do my hair like this. So, yeah, that was uh, those are my influence. And Miss Ashley, I'm curious to know. Um, For me, even though, like, my beauty story is, like, a mini series that started two months ago. Um, a girl. Uh, it was really um, seeing like my my granny, my mom, my aunts, and like all of the women in my family when I was growing up. They were the most beautiful people to me. They were all, um, like my mother was like six two. My granny was six three or six four. All of them were like pretty tall, um, fair skinned, well, fairly darker skinned women, and. We kind of have the same situation as um, your mom, Jackie. My granny, um, her mother was like light skinned, like ginger, light skinned with the red hair, freckles, green, hazel eyes. And they had 13 kids and they had every last color down the spectrum. So my granny was darker and then her kids were darker. And then it leads to me and my twin sister being the dark ones of that generation. So when I looked at all of my aunties, all of my um, my mom, her sisters, my great aunts. There was like every color of brown, every color of, from the darkest black to like light skin, hazel eyes, green eyes. There was all the colors and all I could think of is she looks like me and she's pretty, but I don't look exactly like her. So I guess I'm all right until I got a little bit older and began to see, oh, mm -hmm. those things in me plus my personality, plus my character, plus the way she cares herself is what makes her beautiful. And I begin to see those things in other people that I think, other people that I think are beautiful. It's not just their hair. It's not just their face or their eyes or... Dwayne said they're light, right? You're light. Right. It's it was, it was their light. It was how that packages, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and I hope I'm not going to jump too far ahead in your questions, but I will say the way y'all feed into you and your sister feed into your niece, Ava, who is a beautiful little chocolate girl. And they constantly love on her and they're like, you're the beautiful. As they should. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping she doesn't have to go as long before she realizes and truly yeah. understands her beauty. Absolutely. Goal. If we forget to tell her, she, she reminds us. And guess what? I am gorgeous today, just like I was mm -hmm. yesterday. Aww. And I'm like, all right, oh, baby, for sure. All right. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, all right, Ashley. Well, I'm going to just peek at this. Mm -hmm. um, we have a stat here. Um, now, as a positive, as I love how this was starting, because I did, you know, like I said, when we, when we were producing it, it had a heavy tone, but I think this one started very positive with us digging for those good things in this journey of beauty yeah. because it's good and bad. Um, and so my question is, um, after this stat, eight out of 10 women aren't happy with what they see in the mirror. That's an old Dove, uh, like 2019 stat where we pulled that from. How do you currently feel about your beauty? We touched on it. Like I said, I jumped in the shower and didn't think I was going to feel pretty. And then I sat in front of the camera and said, Oh, I'm good. You know, how do you feel about your beauty right now, either jo uh, Dorian or Jackie? In this very second, 7.53 Eastern Standard Time, 6.53, y'all time. Dorian, I'll let you jump in. I could use some concealer, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> I love that. Keep it real. That's honest. That's honest. Yeah. But otherwise, um, you know, I'm fine. I... I had seven years worth of dreads and I cut it off and I went blonde and I'm excited about who I am and how I present myself at this point in my life. So yes. I'm doing okay. <laughs> All the phases. Yeah. I, um, as in any video conference, I spend a lot of time looking at myself, checking myself to make sure. I'm, and I'm actively in this conversation because we're talking about beauty saying, Look at everybody up. <laughs> so it, it's it's a con it's a constant thing. But I do I do feel beautiful in this moment. I do feel beautiful today. Um, I was telling Candy I actually feel really like positive, upbeat, happy um, today. And sometimes that that be is because of how you look, like how I look, or it, how I look does play a role into how I feel. Um, 
I did the opposite thing of you, Doyenne. I um, started locking my hair two years ago. I just celebrated my two-year lockiversary last week. And it's the best decision I've ever made. Um, it's the most low-maintenance. Uh, I wake up feeling beautiful. I wake up feeling beautiful. I don't have to do and pride and pr do stuff to my hair. I wake up, and whether it's in a ponytail or it's just out like a lion at this point because it's gotten really big, I still feel beautiful. Um, but that also concerns me. That also concerns me. Years ago, I used to wear my hair um, in a natural kind of like fro with the side shaved. And I was at work working for a company, working for Ralph Lauren. And if you can imagine, I probably was a lot in contrast to a lot of people working there. And one of my colleagues adopted um, a, a black a black young lady, and she. Um, long story short, he said so, uh, he made a comment saying, "You know, we we take her to um, the African hair braiding shop because we want to keep her hair braided because hanging hair is beautiful. Hanging hair is beautiful. Hair that hangs is beautiful. Um, and that bothered me. That bothered me at the time. And then just, just thinking about, like, at this point, do I like my locks because they hang now? And we all go through this point where we're like, oh, I don't want to go through that starter phase. And, and it, it seems really ignorant for him to say it at the time. But now looking back, I feel like, do I feel like that too? Do I feel like hanging hair is beautiful? And I've never heard, I had never heard it like that, but so how did you feel about time? How do you how did you feel about your hair in that moment? Because like you said, the side with the sides short at that time with the top. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you feel in that moment? Direct contrast to to what I was, but he had always complimented me and and always mm. told me I was strikingly. Beautiful. I loved when your hair was like that. Remember that keychain? Oh, I still have that keychain. It was yeah. a little, little, little look exactly like my fro. Um, I, mm. I will yeah, say, I think yeah. what I loved about having my dreads was I was growing my hair and it was mine. Yeah, as you know, yeah. especially when we're young, we're doing a lot of weaves and braids and stuff like that, and I loved it. Um, I, you know, life, stress, health, uh, my hair started to thin, and that's why I cut it. Right. But even then, I found beauty in the moment of my hair today. So I never thought, as a dark skin girl, I could rock blonde hair. But mm. now I'm happy. That's it. Happy blonde. Uh, mm -hmm. I keep my hair short so I don't have to comb it every day because guess yeah. what I loved about locks? Not combing my hair. Right. So <laughs> don't even have a comb. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. And I would no. definitely say like people used to say all kinds of dumb stuff to me about hair all yeah. the time. So mm -hmm. I had locks. Some people thought I just had tiny braids. I'm like, you think I braid this all the time? Um, I remember one day I wore a wig and this lady was like, your hair looks good combed out. And I'm like, it's not combed. Okay. Right. But, <laughs> so yeah. just to say, it's okay for you to love your hair as it's growing out of your head. Yeah. No. And I, I, I totally agree with that. And mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And, and um, it was a, pa it's a passing thought that I shared. Mm -hmm. I, I love everything about my hair. I love mm -hmm. everything about my hair. Um, and I do love, just like you, the fact that it's mine, like the fact that it's mine. I wore braids a lot. Like I would go off and on between natural because it, it takes a lot. Even even with the fro, like a, it was a, um, a kind of like a fro hawk and it was a lot of hair at the top. And it, even that, it's a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. And braids is, you know, as you know, wake up and go. So I, I did go between the braids and my fro a lot. But yeah, it does feel good that I don't have to do anything and I don't have to put any hair on and it's mine and it, I grew it. And yeah. And, and you know what, I just feel like, and, and maybe it's a certain level kind of male that appreciates it, but I find a lot of men come up to me on the street, like, just thank you for being natural. Like, thank you. Uh, people are really tired of, of the adding of all, like all of the hair and all these things. And um, there, there's a certain 
I would say there's a certain demographic of people that are that are tired of it. And it, it's found it's been great for me to find that tribe, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I attracted different people when I went natural. I try, you know, like when I started natural, like di- different things, it attracts different people. And then you create this circle of affirmation because it becomes your tribe. And those people appreciate the decisions that you've made because they're similar to the decisions they would have made, too. So let's say anytime I see a woman on the street, a black woman on the street with dreads, I compliment her because I'm mm-hmm. just like, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't want me to do it though. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Face for me remember too. that? Most remember people. That? Yeah, most people. They were like, you can't undo it. Yeah, this was like a couple years ago, <laughs> 10 years ago or 12 years ago. I think I'm 12 years old. Yeah. My friends, especially like I had a couple of white friends that I worked for and got money with. And, and you know, he in particular said, how are you going to wash them? Like, I, I want to understand them. Like, under, what is there for you to understand? This mine, right. that's my decision. But um, it's still a thing. Even a couple of years ago when you started, Jackie, people like... You're gonna like it. You're gonna, especially you. I know you change your hair here and there, but yeah. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't it's literally my hair how it comes out, my body manipulated and you know whatever, whether it's comb coil or you know the intricate locks, the smaller ones. It's your hair, so I definitely get uh, was got that also. People saying why would why you want to do that? Mm -hmm. So. Mm Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, Ashley, I don't know if you want to ask the next question, but one is jumping out at me. And I feel like it ties into this because we've been talking a lot about external. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the point of the, the wellness collective is to talk about how things affect us mentally. So I'm going to drag it over here. And this may be a little more, um, you know, in depth, you know, beauty, is, you know, the physical is one thing. But like, how do you feel um, that it affects your mental how beautiful you feel. What do you think the impact, like like you said, when you feel down or not too cute, how long does that, does it last a long time? Does it feel like a, a thing that really affects you, you mentally? And you can answer it however you feel, ladies. I actually want to jump on that one. Um, Please. It's, it's funny to me because up through like school or up until college, maybe even just recently I stopped. But my mom used to say, she used to have a motto that if you feel bad, you got to look good. So at least you feel good about something. So on the days where I had the most makeup, the days where my hair was perfect or as perfect as I could think it was, the days where I dressed up, those are the days I felt the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if nothing else, I at least knew that I looked good. But as I began to like go on this mental health journey or go on like thinking into that, it began to dawn on me that like, okay, you might think you look good, but you messed up on the inside right now. You're not feeling good. You're not whatever, whatever the badness is that's, that I'm feeling. So mm-hmm. I literally had to think about do I look good as a happy person or do I look good as a person with happy stuff on? And I had to like take a step back and kind of think about, okay, if I'm, if I've already done this much reflecting, I may as well just take apart how I feel about beauty and how I feel about looking good and figure out what it is that I need to do to make myself feel better and not just put on my, happy clothes and happy outfit and happy makeup. I'm a cancer, so I very much value my emotions at all times, even when other people don't. So um, I know I remember hearing that phrase and I was like, that's stupid. If I don't feel bad, I don't feel good. I just don't feel good. And that doesn't mean I need to try to fight it with my looks. <laughs> Not to say it's stupid for other people, but that's yeah, just how it works. Right. Like it had to be authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I feel bad, I, it's it's rarely like it just I don't connect it to beauty. It's not a story of beauty for me. It's a story of wellness. It's a story of me being whole. And so I, I don't even connect those things at all. <laughs> Interesting. But I will say, um, 
in some ways when it comes to makeup. Makeup is an art form. I'm very creative. I'm very artistic. And so when I do my makeup well, I'm happy because I did the thing that I was wanting to do. But I don't really, like, even when I probably should be one of those people that wears makeup all the time, I'm just not because, again, I do too much all the time. <laughs> but what I do is, like, this is my canvas, and I can do what I want with it. And I Um. I'm I'm striving to be like you, Doyen. <laughs> I'm extremely vain. I'm extremely vain. Everything, everything is tied. Everything is tied to um, how I look uh, and how I feel. Um, and I think it I think it comes from um, one. I was uh, in a theater company when I was very young and uh, as a teenager. And I've been an entertainer by just naturally, like since I was born. Um, I'm always presenting. I'm always in the forefront of something. I'm always leading something. So I'm always conscious of how I look. And and it's all of it. It's it's my hair. It's my face. It's my clothes. It's my weight. It's my size. It's my everything. I'm always, I'm always, I'm always conscious of that. And it is quite, it is quite exhausting. And somehow I manage to step outside of it and get stuff done and perform, but it's always there. It's always there. And um, what I, what I love about Toyan, what you mentioned for Ashley is to, to continue to compliment and affirm her niece. That's to me, my contribution to any younger person, any older person, any other, any other woman on this planet. Cause I feel like if, if, and particularly with the royalty project and work that we do there with mentoring our youth, if they, if they know it, if they just know it, like if it just for them, just, it, it's not even a factor. Like they didn't have to find it. They just know it. They just know it. And they've always known it. And they didn't even know that there was a gap in beauty standards of what was beautiful and how far they would be off that spectrum. If they just automatically at a young age, just, just have that confidence and that self-assurance, then I just feel like, you know, like if we just let them fly before they clip their wings and if we could play a role in that, um, then that's how that's how I feel like, you know, just paying it forward or paying it back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's constant for me. It's Girl, constant. I wish I had an organ. I was like, okay, preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna lightly, quickly just agree with Jackie. It's tied to to my mental. It is mm -hmm. how I look. Weight, especially um, being dark skin, especially. I didn't really touch on that, but you both did. Um, that is. Da like daily and most of the time it's good like i'm i'm so pleasantly surprised that i feel good on camera today because to i'm telling y'all right before i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna look crazy and these girls are looking up we look we look really we look really beautiful and and just not really trying you know just exuding it um so that is affecting me how y'all look are is affecting me but it does, it is a mental thing. Like, oh, we got, and it's in my head, like, oh, we got this. But then when you don't look like that, it's like, see, and you look crazy. Like, you don't got it together right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree. It's tied to the whole thing. But somehow you manage to to live, you know, yeah. to get places. Um, so it is, to me, it is a constant thing, health, exactly. mentally, as much as it is physically. You know what I mean? Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's also just a defensive thing for me. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, call me ugly, but I'm still not gonna do nothing about it. So you know, like, I mean, like I said, yeah, I love makeup, but I I'm never going to be one to tell myself I need makeup. Because mm. This is Absolutely. a thing. First yeah. of all, sometimes I don't even see me, so it's y'all's problem. And not <laughs> How <laughs> oh, y'all feel is y'all problem. Right? How y'all feel is y'all problem. That's true. Right. That's you're, true. If you're fine with it, absolutely. Who else is uh, yeah. the standard, right? Mm -hmm. That's a type of utopia that I, I really strive for. Same. I do. Because it's to me at this point, it's less about how other people think. It's I'm judging myself. I'm the, I'm mm -hmm. my my worst critic. Mm -hmm. I'm really hard on myself. 
mm-hmm. um, which makes me hard on other women too. And I also often have to stop myself from looking for flaws and looking for things in other people because really it's it's a it's a direct reflection on um, me wanting to be what perfect is all the time. And you know, um, so that's a daily work too. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting um, that you brought up the the royalty project. I know. That's our partner, and we we very much support Rosie Project, especially since uh, we're about to start our fall cycle. And mm-hmm. if anybody is watching and they want to be a mentor, they can head on over to the royaltyproject.org. Right away. Sign up for our uh, mentor huddle that's happening this weekend yeah. um, and meet yeah. all the other mentors and get ready to start mentoring those beautiful young kings and queens next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to say one of the, um, like, my beauty story had already started, but one of my favorite sessions forever and ever and ever is the image session. And I remember my first image session, um, we were, of course, online because of the pandemic. So I got to take a part in the process. And um, I I admit, I did not read the briefs beforehand like I was supposed to. <laughs> I read them the day of. And the first thing I read was, I got to write on a piece of paper what the bad things people said about me and I was like I don't know how this is going to go but I guess everything else is going good so (laughs) we um we we read the bad things we ripped it up and then people we started with the raw praise and I tell you that was life-changing that was the raw so (laughs) for those of you who don't know there's this session where we we go through a whole bunch of different things but one of the activities um we write down something negative rip it up, and then everyone showers you with praise. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone on the Zoom screen is showering you with praise. You can hear some distinct words here and there, but all of them are good. And I tell you, if I, I said it then and I said it now, I want to record it so I can listen to it every morning mm-hmm. so that when I get up and I look at my Hello Beautiful sticker in the mirror, I can play that and then be like, Ashley, you're going to take over the world today and really believe it. We might have to figure out how to do that for you. If that's going to do that yeah, for you, you we're going to record that the next time. I know Jackie, Jackie H is watching. Jackie H, could you get uh, <laughs> Ashley or Stephanie? That's my favorite. It'll be, it'll be in your email. It. It'll be in your email by the end of the night. Jackie got it. I love Jackie. Say to me emojis right now, so I will definitely send you a daily emoji. I appreciate that. I look forward to it. <laughs> 7 o'clock on the dot in the morning. <laughs> but it, tonight. <laughs> then you can open it in the morning. <laughs> That'll work too. Um, we are talking about a lot of different um different aspects of beauty, but um I did want to ask how much of your um your beauty is defined by your physical appearance? Like if you had to measure. Fairly little for me. I think I've realized. Much of my beauty is my personality and how I feel like I, I work my hardest to illuminate the room. I love to put a smile on somebody's face. I tell jokes all the time for that very reason. And so I, um, for some, for the most part, I think I praise that part of my beauty more than how I look. Your light. Mm, that light again. <laughs> Uh, I say around 75, 80, and it might've been 90 before the pandemic and before I met and married a man who I feel like physical beauty (laughs) means nothing to him. So I'm like, wait a minute, that's how I define who I am. So you not even acknowledging it is, is wild to me, but he finds beauty in so many other things that it, it's it's starting to be contagious. It's starting to be contagious. Um, initially, it was off-putting. It was like I've always dated people who who always like complimented and commented on my physical appearance, my height, my skin complexion, or you know, like or even my physical presence, just the way I show up in the world. And and he doesn't. He talks about my work ethic and my <laughs> <laughs> I'm beauty. The work ethic beauty. <laughs> you know, like, I think he's that's beautiful. That is. He's like her work ethic. I'm like work ethic. That's not even sexy, but it is. I mean, it you is. Know, 
it, it is, it is. It, um, there are a lot of intangible things that are beautiful. Um, and I'm starting to learn that more. And of course, you know, the Royalty Project and, and what we, it's a lot of reverse mentoring going on. These, these, a lot of these young, young ladies have it. They have it and they, and they know, they have an understanding about what, what beauty is. Um, and kids in general, kids in general, like kids are honest. Kids are very honest and mm -hmm. um, hearing stuff out of the mouths of babes and what they look for, the warmth, the warmness and um, the discipline and uh, the structure and how people pour into them. Um, so as I as I evolve, it's becoming big. Other things are becoming bigger. But yeah. I would still say physical appearance is is in that 75 percentile. Okay. And I think part of it also could be um, pandemic weight gain. I'm just not in a great space. <laughs> but it comes to how I feel yeah. about how I look. And so I've gotten better um, mm -hmm. once I turn 34. I, I'm very extra. So I usually do birthday shoots. Last year mm -hmm. I skipped it because of pandemic weight gain. But you usually do what? I'm sorry, I missed that. I do birthday photo shoots. Birthday <laughs> but yeah. last year, because I'd gained the weight, I didn't really feel beautiful. Mm. And so this year I did it. And of course, this blonde head, short hair. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. cute. Like, I was like, oh, I am your bald rich auntie. And so I'm getting back <laughs> to like really, <laughs> really liking how I see myself again. Um, and so I feel like that's why I'm like kind of not as um not i can't say 75 percent yeah <laughs> well that's good i don't think 75 percent is the goal <laughs> right so speaking <laughs> of the goal right what are your beauty goals how, like how far because you mentioned getting back um right doyan so how far is the gap between where you are and where you want to be do you well, have a, do you have a, a a mark you know like a point where you where you're gonna say okay I'm back. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like me. You know, I'm at my mm -hmm. goal. Is it a continuous thing? You know, go ahead. Yeah. Maybe about 20 pounds. I won't say 30. 30 was skinny. Okay. But um, just getting back to just feeling confident in how I look in, in mm -hmm. clothes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, it was weird. Not it's, not, it's nothing out of the, like, it's nothing beyond you, right? It's something you know you can get to and, and want to be and you're realistic about that, right? Yes. Right. I love that. Yeah. I think we put pressure on ourselves sometimes to to get someplace that we're like, girl, that's that not ain't realistic. <laughs> really? In in two months? Oh, okay. Like, no. Yeah. I, I like I like to hear realism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throw those uh, BMI scales away because apparently for my height, I'm supposed to be like 140 and nobody wants that. I would look like a lot of you know, if you were, you know, another of another genus, probably, but yeah, we don't do that. We know we carry, right? Yeah, right. it's right to ignore that. Mm -hmm. I don't mean like ignore by 100 pounds, but it is, it, it's right to ignore <laughs> that. Got like a 20 pound radius around right. here. Yeah, I agree too. Mm hmm. I am happy to report, ladies, that I am here. And I think it's a combination between hard work and um, doing certain things like changing my hair, changing my diet, um, active lifestyle. I mean, I've always had an active lifestyle. Um, the pandemic gave me some, some, some pounds that I enjoy. And then I, I had a procedure to remove some things that I didn't want. So between that and working out, and eating a certain way and and moving the scale, moving the needle because there, it wasn't at one point it wasn't unrealistic unattainable by any any um natural standards or or augmentation like it just wasn't achievable and i think between doing some things and then moving the scale at 42 i've arrived I'm here. Like I'm, I am, I am where my goal is. My hair length, 
my skin complexion, um, my weight. Um, and I, I would I would say it, there was a t- point in time where the weight goal, I'm 185 pounds. The weight goal was probably like 160. And I've been 160 before. And, and then as Candace, as you mentioned, like looking at pictures of me at that weight, I'm like, that doesn't look like a full woman. That doesn't, that looks like still like, it's, 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 it's just still. So trying to get back to some place that I was in my twenties or early thirties, I'm 42. I don't, I, I don't want to be back there. So changing the goal post and putting in the work, I feel like I've arrived. I love that. Um, can you say that some more? I feel yeah. like I'm a Please say that out loud. So I'm I'm get it. I have met yeah, my, my hair goals, my skin yeah. goals, my weight goals, my that's, that's beautiful to say. Composition yeah. goals. When I put on yeah. I put on this shirt and um I was I had I had my husband zip it up for me and I was like, it's gonna be a challenge to zip it up. It zipped right on up. You know, like it, you know, and I'm, I'm used to having that challenge. So I'm still kind of like, um, uh, what do you call that? Like shocked by it. I still have like PSD by it, but I just, you know, went on a, went on a, I won't, I won't call it a strict diet, but a, a diet and a regimen and lost 15 pounds, lost 25 from my pandemic weight gain, but lost 15 from my wedding. And yeah, I feel great. I feel fantastic. Share that. (laughs) Congratulations. That's a beautiful place to be because I think a lot of us strive or have been there or knows what it feels like to to sit in a comfortable place and then maybe to come off of it and work towards getting back. So getting back, congratulations, because thank you. And we don't honor it in the moment. Yeah. So, you know, we all can think of a time or maybe we can all think of a time where you were there, but it's still in your mind. You can't say it out loud. It takes a while to get it it out loud because you forget. Right. You have it. Like, whoa, I was just there. Wait. I was just feeling, wait a minute. That was it. Yeah. And acknowledging it, acknowledging it to yourself. Not yeah. necessarily saying you got to scream it off the mountaintop, no. but at least acknowledge it yeah. yourself. Because we're always trying to get somewhere yeah. and mm-hmm. to arrive somewhere. You know, the journey still deserves, you know, that same amount of, of vigor and accomplishment and achievement and feeling of pride. But when you reach there, acknowledge you've reached you reached there. Absolutely. Yeah. I will yeah. say in 2020, I lost a lot of weight, maybe a little bit too much, but I lost mm-hmm. a lot of weight at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, it was partially medication helped, but mm. I, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe mm. I kept my clothes. I didn't believe I was smaller. The body dysmorphia was real. Yeah. And yeah. then it all came back and I was like, well, at least I kept my clothes. <laughs> but, <laughs> I have getting rid of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to be honest and say I go up and down. So at this point, it's such a, it's a. It, that's why I, I keep saying it's continuous up and down. Like I look at pictures from five years ago. I'm as big as I am, and then the year before that, I'm smaller. I don't. I, and I'm. And I will. I mean, we're touching on the mental part of it. I will say that my mental state plays a part in how I look at certain points. You know, physically, you know, affects the mental. So when I look at pictures over ten years, and people say, "I never saw you that skinny," or "I never saw you that big," or "I never," it's like that's that up and down and it is yeah. tied together for me. And, and, and that was a point where I was able to identify why my weight and my happiness are tied to together, my mental and, you know, how I treat my body that it's all tied together. So yeah. it is definitely a journey, but um, shout out again to arriving. Sis said, <laughs> I've arrived. Okay. I'm battling in my um, weight loss journey now is mm-hmm. internal fat phobia. Mm. What is that more? And like, well, I want to say it's a wellness journey, but I also think it's strongly driven by internal fat phobia, Mm. where, you know, we grew up in a time where everybody's been on fat diets forever. You know, it was the south island beach diet i don't know if that was a thing but you know like people yeah south miami beach or something yeah something south yeah since i was a child weight watchers was a thing like um the biggest loser was a thing and so um even 
equating my weight. And I'll say I probably equate that even more to my beauty than I should. Mm. <laughs> and, and so trying to be well, uh, feel like I'm healthy, but also separate that from hating being a curvy Black woman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a journey. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Ashley, what about you? What about, so, oh, goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the moving goal post, but um, I ain't never met none of them before <laughs> I moved the goal post. <laughs> but I do find that, like, when I do have um, my healthy time periods, the weight that I get down to, is not my goal weight, mm. but it's still like my healthiest is way above my goal weight. My healthiest is way above the BMI scale. My healthiest is always like over 200 pounds, but I'm mm-hmm. still working out twice a day, eating healthy, all all whole foods, um, drinking a gallon of water, doing all of the things. And mm-hmm. the smallest I can get is over 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so it took a lot for me to um to think through like okay, so what are these goals and who are they for? Right. And, and then I have to look at because any smaller than that, I'm going to be like a 10. I'm going to have to buy all new clothes. I'm going to be I want to look like a barbell. So I really don't want to look like that. I don't want to look like that at all. So I think it all comes down to, I actually, on our, on my latest wellness journey that we're on. It's a continual thing. Don't right. Fine. On That's my current thing. wellness journey, I literally don't have a goal. My goal mm-hmm. is to be healthy. So okay. I don't think that I'll ever have a goal post again, because I know that when I set goals, I'm setting goals to look like what well, I was setting goals when I was, 33 to look like I did when I was 25. And when I was 25, I wanted to look like I did when I was 18 or 17 or whatever age that was when I lost weight that time. And I feel like every time I set goals, I'm trying to look like I did at whatever phase of my life that it was. And mm-hmm. that's not ever going to be what I look like again. Yeah. So it's easier for mm-hmm. me to let my goal be being healthy and then meet that goal with health and making mm-hmm. healthy choices. But I don't make healthy choices. So yeah, that's a struggle within itself. It's tough. It's tough because you want to live, and a lot of what we've attached to self gratification, reward systems, all of the psychological things, or a lot of the psychological things. Um, food is a comfort. Food is also uh, congratulations. We do food for the social it's, it's we do it for the gamut for the good the bad the ugly and the indifferent it's good but it's part about like retraining i think like like we do active things like well let's do this and then eat you know what i mean it's, right. as opposed to it being just eat it's really like reprogramming it's lifestyle like you said your lifestyle has changed that's why you're so that's why you said you've arrived because of what you've been doing in your whole mm-hmm. life not just I'm eating, I'm exercising. It's like, no, how am I yeah. taking care of myself? So right. that incorporating things into to your life so where you're not just eating to just be, you know, yeah. that, that was a, a struggle for me getting people involved. Like, let's do this first. Let's walk. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it long-term, it's the the behavior, you know, not just that, like you said, the fads that's been going on since mm-hmm. forever. And to me, adjusting what matters too, like, like, for a long time, I would go out and drink because that's what everybody did. I'm not a drinker. You're not a drinker. Mm-hmm. I like to eat my calories. I don't like so so. Why do both? Because I don't want other people to be like, "Why you not drinking? Why you not drinking? Why you not drinking?" Now I just armor up. I'm bringing my sparkling zero calorie or low calorie zero sugar drink to mm-hmm. dinner, and I'm gonna eat my calories, and then my drink is not gonna have calories. It's like those those judgment things too, and I think. Mm-hmm. That the judgment thing plays a role too in saying that you are where you want to be because mm-hmm. how dare you when 80% of women don't are not where they want to be. Like, how dare you say, especially if where you, if you're good with where you are and that's not the standard of everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So how dare you say, Oh no, no, I'm good. 
and you and for other people, it, it's like, no, you're not. It's like, you know, like so mm-hmm. so so we automatically kind of take this defense to to cover up or or like to prepare ourselves for what other people will react, how other people will react to that, you know. You said something very interesting. You that I'd rather eat my calories. Do you think people judge when it's the other way? I'd rather drink my calories and I'll eat light so that I could drink because it's like a balance, right? It's but you play it how you want to. I think you play you play it how you want to. Like I do like to drink and I would rather have something light to eat and drink so I can drink, drink as opposed to like eat the food that's gonna make me feel bad. You know, I I I think like that's a that's like a lifestyle thing. You you make it a conscious effort to no, I'm not drinking with y'all, and you're not a drinker. Like right. no, I'm, I'm gonna get that extra piece. But of it chicken took me a while because I didn't want to hear it. To you accept know, like it. it. It took me a while, but I I accept it now. I'm yeah, not. you're not. Yeah, I'm not. Wrong with that. I'm not, and I don't and I don't strive to pay less because everybody else drank and mm-hmm. we all we could all divide it. We go out to dinner. That's fine because I eat more. I eat more than y'all. So like it's fine. We could divide this out and it still be fine. I won't be the one that's like, I ain't drink. So my bill was no. Mm-hmm. It's still all love and camaraderie, but but I, I armor myself now for that. Why you not drink it? Because I don't like I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. I'm an eater. That's it. Ugh, I wish I wasn't a drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I choose my battles on certain days. Some days I'm going to eat heavy, drink light. Some days I'm going to do light. But yeah. I try not to do both. It's like that, that balance. And everybody's I, balance I is that. their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to touch on one last thing. Um, so some of us, whether we shut out or we remove external standards, um, we found, seem to have found our own rhythm or found our own best practices as far as uh, beauty and accepting our own beauties. At this point in my wellness journey, I wish I could have told my younger self that in regards to accepting my own beauty phases, well, my own beauty at all phases. I wish I could have told Ashley number, number of years ago, girl, forget everything else and just think about whatever it is that makes you go. What um What is your best practice in accepting your own beauty? Or what would you have told you so many years ago about accepting your own beauty? Hmm. I love that question, ladies. I will say quiet the voices um, that because especially when somebody tells me something that is hurtful, mm-hmm. I repeat it in my head all the time. So I remember... I wanted to be a part of a certain sorority that has women that have in the past been stereotypically liked. Mm-hmm. And so a guy that was way darker than me was like in high school was like, you can't be a part of that. You're dark. Meanwhile, he wanted to be a Kappa because I'm still going to call him out on that. And he was way darker than me. And, <laughs> and so like that messed with me for a while. And I did join that sorority. And for a while, I had a very hard time with being a dark member of that sorority until Mm -hmm. I stopped his voice and Mm -hmm. stopped the voices of others, other people who looked at me and didn't think I was worthy of that sorority and realized, like, Mm -hmm. I'm just a badass. Like, I, (laughs) I'm just great. Like, I mean, there's... Whether I don't care how you think I look, but if you look at the facts, if you look at the resume, you can see I'm a badass and you can just deal with your issues. That's not mine to have. And so there's a lot of times where there are just little things that people say and it would repeat in my head over and over again until like my little lawyer in my head would come and be like, "Okay, so who said that? And this is all the fact list of why that's wrong. And so it was a logic play for me, like, "Mm, that's not right. And so that's how I could quiet the voices that I was repeating. Mm. Truth be told, most people don't even remember half of the messed up stuff they said to me. I remember it way more than they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So quiet the noises. I think that is... A great thing to tell anybody at any age. So quiet the noises. Um, Jackie, what what would you tell your younger self? Just to repeat the question. 
I'm having a hard time um, figuring out. I didn't focus on beauty as I was young. I, I did I didn't focus on it, but that doesn't mean I thought I was beautiful. I didn't think I was beautiful. So I think I overcompensated by doing so many other things that would get me praise. And other people did think I was beautiful. So they would compliment me, but I, it, did, it just didn't land. It didn't stick. So I, I told you guys I was a child actress. I was, I was a basketball player. I, I did a lot of things. And even in college, I did a lot of things. So... I, I feel like that was my defense mechanism, finding and like finding other other ways to contribute to society or learn more about myself rather than focusing on um, my physical appearance. Um, but if I had to give someone else uh, advice about um, beauty, it's the advice that we give in the Royalty Project. Like it starts with you. It starts with you. Like that is the center. Um, anything else anyone tells you about what's beautiful is their perspective. And there is no, there is no um, common measure on that. Beauty starts with you, whatever you say beauty is. And I think it's very simple, similar to Doyen saying, quiet the noise. It's, it's what do you, when you look at things, not when someone tells you something is beautiful, what do you think is beautiful? And, and focus on that. Like, and it starts with you. You, uh, you, you are. Why aren't you the basis? You are the basis. You are the starting point. You are the prototype. It is you. At every version of you, it is you. That's where it starts. Um, so yeah, that's what I would tell another, a younger person. My younger self, that strategy worked because I, I'm <laughs> extremely confident. I'm an extremely confident person. And I think if I didn't have other distractions and I focused on beauty then it it wouldn't have worked out for me the same way. I just did other things. It was like, do, because those are the things that are, those things are beautiful. You don't have to worry about you. Those things that you do are beautiful. So, yeah, but beauty starts with you. It starts with you first, not something someone else told you, not what you saw in a magazine, not what you see on TV, not the exaggeration you see on Instagram or any other social media. It starts with you. So... Absolutely. Um, I think both of you touched on something, like you said, that they were very aligned. Quiet the noise. It starts with you. My, mm -hmm. my answer was e exactly the same. Like the less you look outward, you know, the mm -hmm. more you'll just see it because it's there. And it is, is the personality things. It is the extra activities. It is just being your own standards. So starting with you, um, I feel like we all agree on that, that the noise and, and and focusing in on yourself and not external standards is what helps will we'll push that needle. So I, I would have, I would have told myself that because mm -hmm. even though I did do a lot of stuff as a kid, basketball, volleyball, football, <laughs> dance, student government, I still was like, why don't you feel beautiful like everybody else? Mm. You know, mm. why you you are you like your grandmother, you like your mother, you you know why don't you feel beautiful? And I just I don't know, I couldn't I. I couldn't catch you know it. pinpoint it. Yeah, but to tell my yeah. younger self like, yo, whatever it is, you're you're doing it. You're already so beautiful. You because of who you are. Um, yeah, and I think we we all you know as much as beauty plays a role in our mental, you know who you are is what actually matters. Mm -hmm. So um, that is definitely a message that we try to share with the children at the Royalty Project because if it like you said, if that gap isn't there where they're confused about it, it's like you're unstoppable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely wanted to bring that home. Ash, what you got to say, lady? Off mute. <laughs> I just knew I was unmute. Great, great reminders. You got to remind people. Um, wait, I thought mine was in the. You're right, Ashley. I like that. Thankful. Was why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> um, I was reading. I thought I answered. I thought I put mine in the question. I think I. Thought I wrote it into the question. Um, I would agree with you all. Um, just quieting those outer voices and looking at things for beauty instead of, um, well, when I say looking at things, looking at characteristics, traits, those things that make up my light, looking at those things um, as far as what makes me beautiful instead of 
is my can I get a wing eyeliner? Can I uh, get my eyebrows to look like <laughs> twins? Instead of, uh, I want a lesson though. I want a lesson. I don't know what to do first thing for makeup. But Doya, you said you don't know how to do a five minute face. I, I need a five. I need a five minute. At this point in my life, I'm like, I'm that track you slept on that's fire. So everybody might not go straight to track number seven, but you don't get there. You're gonna be like, why did I sleep on that? <laughs> I slept on. Mm. That's a word. And that's I think to some extent, like there's beauty and seeing four different black women and four different perspectives. And knowing that we're getting there and yeah. we're, we're still growing and we're still going, we have ways to go, but we're getting there. That makes me yep. happy. Absolutely. This has been a lovely conversation. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just glad that I've, I know all of y'all. I've met every last one of y'all in person and all of y'all are some of the most beautiful people that I know. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that we were able to share this conversation together. Um, I know that we've well, I've spoken on said it um, at one time, but again, if you have not um, had the opportunity, please go to the royaltyproject.org and sign up to be a mentor. Um, it's a very enriching experience for the mentors and the mentees. If you have a child between the ages of 10 and 14, sign your child up. Um, it's an experience that we've I've seen kids just in my four cycles that have came back from being a mentee to a junior um, mentor. And they we were so excited to, to come back and say, I'm back, because I had to come again. So um, that's one thing we're looking for. And while we're giving shout outs, since we did mention drinking earlier, I want to <laughs> let Doyen go ahead and tell us about what she has coming up. First of all, I just want to ask about the royalty project. Is it still somewhat virtual? I am yes, probably about four hours up the road from you. <laughs> it is virtual. Yes, yes it is. Virtual. And we're still looking for mentors. You already are a mentor. I'm already signing you up. See? Yep. I love talking <laughs> at kids. It's great. Um, <laughs> and also, I love talking. So I have a podcast called Poor Life Decision. It's spelled poor like the drink because, you know, why not drink during a podcast? But yeah. I also call it self-care with a twist of line. And so what we do is we focus on one poor life decision a week, one way we're trying to improve our lives. So mm -hmm. actually our recent episodes, we've talked about breaking up with your therapist. We always talk about getting a therapist, but what if they're not a good mix and you just need to talk to somebody else? Um, we're also dropping soon, once I behave and put it on the internet, um, about what happens when somebody is talking noise about you and you didn't know and you thought they were your friend. You know, that's still a big thing, even as adults. So um, check us out um, on everywhere you listen to this podcast. It's okay. me and one of my good friends from Mississippi. So I love it. <laughs> really happy to be here. That's all I got. Say the name again. Poor life, life decisions. Mm -hmm. Poor life decision. One decision because we're changing that one at a time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that out, mm -hmm. Again, I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you, ladies, for taking your time out to come and chat with us. Thank you, everyone who watched. If you haven't, please don't forget to click on the subscribe button right below mm -hmm. the screen. I think it's right below the screen or either to the left. Um, click on subscribe, turn your notifications on, uh, make sure that you catch everything that we send you away from cheese on my cracker. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all for joining and it's a wrap.